Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is another interview in my series called Getting Real with Women in the Middle. The Getting Real interviews introduce you to amazing women who have done something scary or big that they would never have predicted they would do. And now they're on the other side of it and they share their insights into what kind of thinking helped them move forward and make that big change. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome Leslie Ender to the podcast. Leslie went from being a stay-at-home mom living in the San Francisco Bay Area in a large home in the ocean to living in a small apartment in Innsbruck, Austria, and starting her own small group travel business. I think you will agree this is a pretty interesting story. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Leslie. Thanks so much for joining me on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. It's really great to be here. So one of the reasons I was so excited about your story was because you did something that so many of us fantasize about. You moved away and did something cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's so inspiring. So tell me a little bit about What was going on for you in your 40s, like well before you decided to move away? What was happening? Well, in my 40s, really it was the decade of children. (laughs) And in my late 40s, I, I had teenagers. And that was a very difficult time because not only was it difficult to be raising teenage boys, (laughs) but um, physically, I think, um, hormonally, and that was a very difficult time for me also. So I was experiencing hot flashes and anxiety and just not feeling well. So all of life's transitions transitions and changes were kind of hitting me in the face, I would say, at that point. So it really, so menopause was not smooth for you? No, I was one of those, well... Unfortunately, the majority of women, there are, I don't know, 20%, I'm pulling that out of the air, that have no symptoms. And I was the lucky one who had a lot of symptoms. Ah, so you really noticed noticed it in terms of enjoying that phase of your life with your kids, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I, I would say that it was really affecting my life to the point was, to the point where it was, I, I wasn't... I didn't recognize myself, and I didn't really like myself <laughs> at that point. Uh, when Did you know what was going on? Like, did you understand that it was menopause-related? Um, I think that after some research and talking to doctors and talking to other women, I started to become more and more aware that it was hormonally-based, and I'm so glad that I, I took the route that I did take because I think a lot of women um, don't get to the root cause of what is going on and maybe put on antidepressants or 
anti-anxiety medication where really if the hormonal problem is addressed, they feel good. So, so aside from the hormonal part, what would you say, uh, how would you describe your midlife funk at that point? Because you said um, when we talked earlier before the interview that you definitely felt off. What did you notice um, aside from what was going on hormonally about that stage of life for you with your kids getting older? Well, I had invested a lot in my children, like so many of us, and you invest in your children for them, but when you really see the end coming and them leaving, it's sort of a wake-up call, like what, what am I going to do next? What is my marriage going to look like? How can I invest in these things so that when that ending comes and my kids launch, that I'm in a good place and my marriage is in a good place uh, was what I was thinking. And I knew at that point that I was not in a great place and I was experiencing some of the natural grief that comes with that stage of life. It's a, it's a huge stage of transition. And I believe just like there's built-in transitions and difficulties and anxiety to adolescence that's, that's undermined by hormonal things going on, I think the same thing happens for us women and that there are natural changes and transitions and ways of looking at life that we haven't experienced before. Yeah, one thing that um, when you talk about it, you're talking about the way you were looking at it was that it, something was ending. Right. And yeah. So that's really interesting because that's totally a way to think about things that it's ending, and that thought really didn't help you. Um, did did their university weigh into it at all when you were checking things out or when they left? Were you able to kind of figure out how that was coming into play for you? Yeah. Well, I can remember feeling as I looked at universities with my sons, I had this kind of overwhelming feeling like I want that to be me. I want to go I want to go live in a dorm and I want to have all these wonderful resources and I want to learn and it it felt like that's a really wonderful new beginning. I want to I want to do that now. They should have that for middle-aged people. <laughs> <laughs> so when you realized that you were thinking that way about the whole experience for them did it give you any insight that you might need a change as well? Or were you just noticing that that's something that, um, that you didn't even recognize before? I think that was a beginning of, under, I think I, I did understand that it was a time of transition. And I did understand that things had to change for me. And that I wanted that. And so I'd say, you know, it's hard to look back and say exactly when, what realization happened, but I was definitely on that road. Yeah, that's so interesting. When I was in a midlife funk from like 45 to 50, I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew that I wasn't happy, but I didn't see something that gave me a lot of clarity, except one weird little experience I had where I felt some envy. And envy is something I talk to my clients a, a lot about because when you do feel envy, it's usually a, a feeling that we don't really 
we're not very proud of. Like it's not something that we like, oh, I feel envy, woohoo. <laughs> it's nothing like that. But it gives you insight into what you want. So it sounds like you were a little bit envious of your kids and a chance for a new beginning and to learn again. And when it happened to me, it was actually, uh, it, it was in a needlepoint store. And it, it's not that I wanted to have a needlepoint store, but what I recognized was that, oh my God, this woman who runs this store has a career based on her passion and her hobby, something that she loves to do. And she was teaching other women. And just that insight did create some envy for me. So uh, I know it sounds weird, but I love that you felt a little envy because it did shake you up enough to give you some insight into something that you wanted going forward. I would say most definitely. You're right. You don't want to say, oh, yeah, I was envious of my sons. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was like, wait, I want that. <laughs> that looks pretty good. I didn't really appreciate it when I had it. And, or, and it looked very different when I had it because I lived at home and commuted and did college a different way. Yeah. Well, our kids have things so great. I mean, right? <laughs> So why, um, then what happened next? When did you actually have a thought that you wanted to not just envy your kids, but that you were ready to do something else yourself? How did things happen for you? Well, um, I think that I, I did seek some counseling, which was clarifying for me. I did seek out a doctor that specialized in menopause and all that goes along with menopause. And so I was doing that type of uh, reflection, introspection, looking at physically and emotionally. I think it was a time of spiritual growth for me. And I started looking at what's going to come next. What do I want to do? And I, I did do, you know, I did little things along the way as my kids were in high school. I had a, um, I'm a teacher by training. I did some uh, tutoring. I also did some educational testing, some advocacy work um, because I had worked in special education with children. And those, I, I liked those things, but I, I didn't, it doesn't, feel like what I'm doing now captures my soul. Although I love that, but it was dealing a lot with the bureaucracy around children's education. I love working with children. So it wasn't that, but it was the, the advocacy part was challenging as things became more and more bureaucratic. But when did you get, make that leap? So like you're doing something extremely different now. Do you remember when the first idea popped into your head that your future may include something that meant moving abroad? Well, several times in my husband's career, he had opportunities to move abroad. And every time I thought about it and I said, you know, I just can't do this right now because it would have been too disruptive for my sons, for their schooling, for me. So we kept putting it off. And really, it came out of the blue, really. It was a phone call 
where my husband actually told headhunters he was looking for a new position at that point that he had said, don't even show me anything that isn't in the San Francisco Bay Area because we're not leaving. And so somebody, I guess, called him anyway, saying, um, well, we know you don't want to leave the San Francisco Bay Area, but would you be willing to look at something way outside the San Francisco Bay Area? And it was the job here in Innsbruck, Austria. And it just... Uh, I don't know, just, it was exciting to hear about. Of course, my initial reaction, of course, was no. (laughs) (laughs) Then I thought about it, and I started looking at where Innsbruck was and how central it was in Europe, and I've always had a passion for travel. And I started, like, oh, Vienna is four hours away, and Venice is four and a half hours away, and Rome is eight hours away, and et cetera. And I started saying, well, maybe this would work, but just for a short time, just for, and they wanted a a three-year commitment. So uh, we talked to our kids. They were both quite excited about it. It was pivotal for them, too, because it's kind of changed the trajectory of their life as well. Were they in university at the time? They, uh, one was just graduating high school, which made it something we could look at because um, there was a transition time for them. And one was a sophomore in college. The younger ended up taking a gap year and traveling solo all around Europe, which is another whole story of letting go (laughs) and letting them seek their passions and 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 being able to sleep at nights. Oh my god, I'm so glad you mentioned that cuz when <laughs> the first time my eldest went to Europe in the summer, he went to Germany and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> it was horrible for me. <laughs> yes, no, I got to a point where it's just like I either have to really let go and just trust God and know that I have no control anyway. Even if I know exactly what they're doing, when they're doing it, what, what am I going to do? So I have to let it go and trust them and know that no matter what happens, uh, I can't, I have to sleep at night and I have to function because I believe me, I have that in me. It's, but it's so interesting that with, uh, you know, as women with older kids, adult men, children, I also have boys. I. I see your two pictures of your sons on. Oh your, yes, that's them. They look all right behind you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I, it didn't occur to me that one of my, one of the times in my life where I really had to practice supervising my thoughts and supporting their independence was when they were traveling. It didn't occur to me when that transition would be for me. All of my thoughts about their transition were really much more focused about them. And uh, the same thing happened to me with that European trip. It really surprised, I surprised me, even though it was so different than when we traveled, when we traveled back in the day where there were no phone plans and no internet, no Wi-Fi, you know, where you might really go for a few weeks not talking to your family and they have no clue. Actually, it was easier back then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) 
Maybe. We don't hear from him in, in one day or 12 hours and our minds start going, you know. Oh, my God. We're hysterical, aren't we? So, yes. <laughs> so, so your husband comes home one day and he says, honey, you're not going to believe what happened today. I got an offer in Innsbruck. Then your mind reacted a little differently than it had before. Mm-hmm. You were a little bit open to it, mm-hmm. but only for a short time. Right. So then what happened between that first offer and how long did it take you to actually make the decision to go? Uh, That was March. We spent a week, the end of March. He took the job and we moved in June. Wow. Very fast. Wow, it sure is. Did you sell your house, rent your home? What did you do? Uh, Well, we were planning on coming back, so we rented our home. But we went through every single thing, um, downsized quite a bit, not, not, not everything, moved a whole container of ocean container of stuff over here. Um, and really, at the beginning, had every intention of coming, going back in three years. But <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> How many years? years Six, Six years later? Years. Mm-hmm. Wow. And how do you think about that now? Does it, have you made a decision to stay? Can you believe that much time has gone by? How do you think about it now? The time has gone by very quickly. Um, of course, we love it here. We really enjoy the lifestyle. We enjoy the culture. We enjoy the travel. and. Um, the one we're we're both, I think, healthier here. The lifestyle is healthier. The air is healthier. The water is healthier. Food sources are healthier, um, and there's more activity. I mean, I get in my car maybe once a week. I'm walking. I'm riding my bike. Um, there's there's just a whole level of in the U.S. And I'm sure in Canada also, there's, there's a, a, we get in our cars and there's a real drive. And I considered myself fairly laid back person. And I had people here in Europe telling me to calm down, take a breath, sit down. <laughs> no, they don't have coffee to go, but they would bring me a cup. And why would I even be at a cafe if I wasn't going to sit down and enjoy it? They just were like, you're an American. Now we're going to tell you to sit down, take a deep breath. No, we don't do coffee to go. <laughs> and they don't. <laughs> That's so interesting. So now that you look back on that phase, um, and, I, and then we'll talk about your business, but when you look back on that phase, uh, would you, do you regret not taking advantage of one of the other times that your husband was offered something abroad? Or do you think the timing was just perfect? I think the timing was just perfect. I I think I really think that my sons, one of whom is doing graduate school over here, both have traveled, one and the other is working over here. They've had a great ex- European experience and learning language, um, but they're solidly American kids, so they have their feet in both worlds and. I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not one to really regret decisions anyway. I sort of 
take stock and move on. But really, in hindsight, I, I really do think the timing was right because I gave them a gift of being in the same community uh, through most of their growing up and having solid uh, friendships and community around them. Well, that's interesting. And the other thing that I wanted to pick up on was you gave yourself a gift too in terms of uh, always, you said you always loved travel and you were always intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Yet it was something that it sounds like you didn't do much of until this opportunity came along. Well, now, I did more of it. <laughs> yes. I did more of it, but we still, travel has been a big part of my life since my adult life. Yeah. So would you say it was something that you wanted to do more of uh, for a long time? Like, did it feel like it was missing a bit from your life to the extent that you wanted it? before you'd made the decision? You know, it's really interesting because there were, you know, you read articles on travel, or you see shows, or you hear someone who's traveling over here. And I, I, I remember thinking, I wonder if I'll even ever get to spend much time in Italy. I wonder if I will, you know, when will I get, when will I get back there? And then there's that sense of when you're traveling uh, to Europe or to a different continent, you know, you might not get back for a while. There's this urgency of like, it's almost frantic pace, very American style. Let's do 10 countries in 10 days. (laughs) Um, And so that this has afforded me a, a much different style of travel that, that I do feel passionate about and I, and I do want to share with, with others. I mean, that's why, that's why I do it. And, well, um, well, one of the things that, that um, really strikes me, though, is how many of my clients, they seem a bit cut off from the things that always brought them joy, right? And it seems like you've really connected again to what has always brought your you joy in a very intense and meaningful way. Uh, so that question of, will I ever get back to Italy again? I totally relate to that. One of the exercises I do with my clients is to ask them to take a walk back through life and to look for the happy moments, just the happy moments, however they carve up their life in terms of chapters. So it could be the more obvious things of when you're in elementary school, when you're in junior high, Uh, It could be age-related chapters. It could be stage-related chapters. It doesn't really matter, but not to look for the trauma or the stress or the drama, but to look instead for those happy moments, those happy memories, and then to reconnect with them, to really think about, well, what was it about that experience that made it so pleasant, that made it so joyful for you? And when you talk about travel, it sounds like that's what's happened. So you were able to, with ease, make a decision because the timing was right. It didn't even seem that crazy for you because it was something you were always passionate about. And now you've gone even one step further and you've developed a business related on travel, related to travel. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Because it's just such a a thread throughout your life of something that you've always loved. Well, I've... I've had the opportunity living in San Francisco and then living here, having lots of family and friends come through. 
And any of you who've lived in places where you have lots of family and friends come through, you end up um, taking them to the highlights, taking them here, taking them there. And I think, I think my first five years here, I think I was to Venice 10 times. So <laughs> you get to really know these places. And I know that sounds very exotic, like, um, but Venice is four hours from here. How often do you go somewhere for a weekend that's four hours away? It just happens in Europe. It's a completely different culture and language and everything. Um, so I started developing my ways through these cities that I, I knew the little corners that nobody else saw or knew or the little place I loved. And another thing that happened was as I was able to travel more and more and, and we'd go away for a weekend, we'd go to a part of Italy that was because I'm only 30 minutes from Italy, <laughs> a lot, but I love Austria and Switzerland and all those places too. But Italy is really my, my love right now. So we'd go into um, Italy maybe an hour or two away, and it would be absolutely gorgeous. And there'd be all these amazing um, sights, sounds, smells, food. And there would not be an American in sight. And all these people would be on holiday, mostly Europeans, enjoying. And I was, I was like, this is unreal. People have to know about these places that are <laughs> so beautiful. And they're like the little, the little treasures. And also that Europeans, um, it is a way of life here to travel. They all have five weeks of vacation. And in general, they don't have... They, they have uh, not huge salaries. They're, there's the, the middle is kind of crunched here. So there's high taxes, and it makes everybody sort of in that middle range. So, but people travel well and enjoy life, and it doesn't cost them thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And so I started just taking mental notes, and I am the type of personality I just love to share my experiences and share what I've learned. And so I, I did that with family. I, I did a trip for my sister and her husband, tried to make it really special. And by the end, my sister's saying, you have to do this for a business. You have to do this for a business. And it just came at a time when I was really deciding, thinking about what I wanted to do. I had been tutoring in English here. And that just sort of captured me. And I thought, because I've thought about it a lot over the years, even in California, doing something travel related. And I just said, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do small groups. And I'm going to really immerse in the culture and bring small groups of people together and really show them what Europe has to offer. Oh, I love that. One of the quotes that you, um, that you felt strongly about is that travel can be one of the most rewarding forms of introspection by Lawrence Durrell, expatriate British poet. So tell me about introspection and what travel has given you. Well, I would say that there truly is not a trip that I have taken that I haven't come back changed in some way. It's either removed me from my own life in a way that I can reflect or it's shown me new things in a different place, I'm meeting new people, new conversations, understanding. 
And um, I, I just also wanted to add that I've started some themed travel and I have two trips that are especially focused for midlife women. Oh, perfect. One is um, by a, a poet and psychotherapist, Dr. Heather Brown, and we're going to Austria in September. And um, the theme for that travel is um, exploring midlife, learning to love the life you have now. And we're going to do travel journals. And it's kind of, it's not really an intense retreat. There's like two one-hour workshops. And then each person can meet one-on-one with Dr. Heather Brown as um, a coaching session. And she can go, you're writing, answer questions. But, it, it, but the whole trip will be focused around that theme. Then I have a second one to Florence in Tuscany with Randy Levine, who is a life transitional coach. And she's, um, I think she's in New Jersey or New York. And her theme is going to be um, now, next is the new now. And it's also a renewal retreat. And we're going to be in um, Tuscany and in Italy. And that one's going to be fantastic. And it's all about grabbing the moment, appreciating what you have, and looking at what your next steps are. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Well, I might recommend another person if you're looking for another midlife coach to do one I of these. I am. I'm always looking for, <laughs> for themed travel. Um, oh, my God. My eyes just lit up. focus group. <laughs> when you mentioned themed travel. Oh, these are fantastic ideas. Um, I am so happy for you. You have found a way to really marry your passion for travel, your passion for education and teaching, and your love of life. And on Women in the Middle, we are all about learning how to love your life after 50. I couldn't be happier for you. Can you tell us, anybody who might be interested in learning more about your trips, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, well, I have a website, which is HTTPS, streetviewadventuretravel.com. And I also have a Facebook page, which is Street View Adventure. Uh, yeah, Street View Adventure. And then I also have a Facebook group, and it's called Building, um, Women Building Community After 40 with Travel. Oh, I love it. I'll definitely put all of the links in the show notes. So any of you women in the middle who've got the travel bug, please make sure to check it out. Leslie is there to help you out. And if you're looking for another coach for one of your future trips, please keep me in mind. You have me very excited, Leslie. Susie, we will talk. Just will amazing. Just amazing. Thank you so much for telling your story and for coming up with these amazing ideas to help women get the most out of life. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode. Gives you a lot to think about, right? Is there any circumstance where you would pack everything up and move halfway around the world? Sometimes you can surprise yourself. That's what I love about midlife. You just never know what opportunities might come your way or what opportunities you will create for yourself. So much potential when you have the mindset that opportunities really are everywhere. If you like what you've heard, just head over to the Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. Check out the show notes with more information and links at www.susierosenstein.com. 
While you're on my website, if you haven't done so yet, make sure to grab your copy of my free ebook, 10 Surprising Ways to Bust Out of Your Midlife Funk. Just go to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash midlife funk and you'll find it there. This will totally help you get going, I promise. Let's do this, ladies, one amazing opportunity at a time. Thanks so much for listening. 